0: Hoi fellow android activists! And welcome aboard the Joy of Trek, a family-friendly podcast exploring the beards and betazoids of Star Trek. All, All of, of it. it!
1: I'm Cocky. I'm Kay. And out in my cabin in the woods is your chief engineer, Greg. Together we're on a mission through the infinity lakes of Star Trek to pick the burnt
0: tomato out of every pizza uh, and find the excellence in every episode. Even the wild girls of the woods. Uh, because every episode must be someone's favorite and it might as well be us. So grind your bunny corn into sausage and join us as we reminisce about the, the
2: joy, joy of, of trek.
3: trek. This is a tough one. Is it? Okay, so we're doing Picard, season one, episode seven, and I was Nepente. Sort of, yes, ne, Nepenthe. Nepente. Yeah, from Homer's Odyssey, it's a liquor that
0: erases pain, pain and, and, and memory. And... Yes, that's what I was. Oh, very good. Yes, I think so. Isn't it like brewed with the waters of the Leith? Oh, wow. Okay, you're better informed than I am. <laughs> well, I mean, the leaf makes you forget things, and oh. I seem to... And then I've had a lot of Greek mythology, but I do seem to recall the name Nepente uh, coming along. Interesting. I've
3: even got it in my trivia. Apparently, like, ne is uh, negation or absence as a right. prefix, and penthos means sorrow or grief or mourning. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Chief Engineer Greg here just wanted to chime in and say that since Picard is such a serialized show... There's a quick content warning, because Nepenthe can be absolutely enjoyed on its own, but it does build on twists revealed in earlier episodes, so listener discretion is advised. There are spoilers for Picard Season 1 that we discuss throughout this episode. So, a tough one. I mean, I didn't find it particularly tough, but then again, I never really got deep
0: into Picard. So, I I watched the first few episodes, so I'm, I'm roughly familiar with the premise of this show. But uh, yes, it was like a bit of a deep end toss for me, even though there was a quite a good comprehensive... Previously on Star Trek Picard. So the reason I called it
3: tricky is because Picard is so heavily serialized. Right. Like I- each season is a novel, essentially. Oh, okay, like, right. Almost to the yes. point where I was considering, okay, maybe we should like exclude that one from consideration. just Because how can you drop in the middle of, you know, no, let's just yeah. review chapter seven, which this is, of this novel. And also, it's not very stupid, is it?
0: No. We don't really have Not to hardly. forgive a lot of... No, there is very little in that way. Okay, do you want to do eject the warp core first or start with the recommendation? Oh, oh, yes. Okay, okay right. Okay.
3: Um, season one, episode seven, uh, Nepenthe, in which Captain Jean-Luc Picard heads to the quiet planet Nepenthe to protect an angsty android who's on the run from a devious Romulan conspiracy. Picard runs into his old comrades, Will Riker and Deanna Troy, who have traded in their uniforms for plaid shirts and parenthood. They offer their old captain a warm welcome, some sage advice and basil pizza, as they grapple with the day-to-day challenges of parenthood and the grave danger he's brought to their doorstep. Meanwhile, Soji, the enigmatic synthetic life form, is on a quest to figure out her true nature and why everyone seems to want a piece of her and find a much-needed friend in Kestra, Will and Deanna's daughter. Well, there's
0: very little of that meanwhile Soji is doing. Yeah. There's there's a a lot there in that synopsis, which is not in the episode, I would say. Well, let's let's get to that in a
3: second. This was recommended to me by uh, uh, Lauren Alexis River. She, her, she's a a writer and a a prolific member of a Star Trek community that I'm uh, a member of. Fantastic. She's amazing. She has collected photographs with so many of the cast. She's such Ah. a consummate Trekkie. I adore Lauren. So shout out to you. And she was gracious enough to give us a recommendation. There are so many answers I could give, says Lauren, but I think I would have to say, probably Nepenthe, seeing Riker and Troy together on Picard, Star Trek Picard yeah, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> Even though planet I knew. <laughs> <Picard>. <laughs> Even though I knew it was coming did my heart so much good because I grew up with that cast. I always enjoy seeing them on screen or in person, and it's a slow episode in terms of action. But the way they interact when Jean-Luc first arrives, I really needed that then.: Oh, that's lovely. Yes. I can see they're, they're, they are a lovely couple. And I think it's, like when did it, it it come out? Sorry, I've got that I've got that written um, here. Oh, March fifth, twenty twenty. I think that was just on the cusp of the first lockdowns in our country. Oh, for yes. uh, the the corona pandemic that uh, gripped
0: so, so, so much of the world. Can't, we watched through the credits this time round, which I think it's it's literally at least the first time we do an, uh, a, a, a new show that we watch them through. But we're still on like. Embargo that we can Click through I don't Yes It didn't occur to me To do it this time Right I noticed that Jonathan Frakes Got a guest starring I don't recall. I can't remember The name of the actress Marina Sirtis Yeah who who plays Diana Oh interesting Uh, I don't recall If she got a Credits mention That's something That we need to look up So we can Greg can you tell
3: us
1: Oh no (laughs) Okay fine Let Greg do it I was gonna So I went ahead And took a look at it Marina Sirtis Is not listed As a special guest star In the opening credits A guest star credit like that is typically done as part of the contractual process. So in this case, Jonathan Frakes' agent just insisted, no, Jonathan Frakes is a big enough name, particularly within the Star Trek community, he gets a special guest star listing. So that's what's going on there.
3: See, what's interesting about this episode that I saw some of the reviewers talking about it a bit, and it really didn't connect with me until yeah. until we just watched it now. This is an amazing... Ex- okay, no. Eject the warp core.
2: I say we eject the warp core! Yes. Nothing
3: f- happens. Nothing moves forward. Very little, yes. Very deliberately, right? Uh-huh. No new information is revealed. There's an unimportant subplot about La Sirena, the spaceship that Picard has... Uh, a contractor to take him out into space, being pursued by a Romulan agent. But even Mm. that is trivial, non-event, nothing important happens in this episode. No. And that makes it great.
0: Right. I mean, the only thing that I'm going to say, like, for ejecting the warp core is that uh, Star Trek continues its vast and long tradition of ignoring the existence of the Rochi limit, but...
3: Okay, so... No, I don't know what it is. Uh, right. No, I
0: don't. <laughs> it's basically the closest uh, distance that uh, one body can orbit another one before the gravitational effects start tearing it apart. Oh, okay. As is demonstrated that both in the shot where we, uh, she looks up and sees those two moons and in the final shot on Nipente, where uh, we see the triple moons which are like looming massively in the sky. Yeah. Which would be ripped apart by tidal effects if they were that close to a planet or that big, you know? That's...
3: Yes, I, I believe the first time that you informed me of this is when we walked past the poster of Rogue One, a yeah. Star Wars film, where you see the the Death right, Star yes. coming over the horizon.
0: Yeah, not possible. Also, I think I see we, we see the rings in that. At least in that scenario, you can say like, "Oh, well, maybe they're using a long, huge long lens and it's actually further away." But you no, know, that, that's no, they weren't. Yeah, no, 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 no.
3: Not true. no I no, can absolutely. see the distortion yeah. on the
0: on the beach. I can I can <laughs> read a
3: photo. Yeah.
1: Hi, <laughs> <gasps> right, Chief Engineer Greg here. I just want to point out that in the situation on the poster of Rogue One. Grand Tarkin wouldn't give two shits about if the tidal waves were going to be pulling the planet apart because at that point he was like, well, we have to destroy this entire installation and all our people on it because shit's happening. So, like, in that case, they really don't care what happens down on that planet. So, eh.
0: But, yes, that's about the only point of criticism that I can think about. It's a flawless episode. It yeah. is widely beloved. It's,
3: for many, it was a highlight in a season that maybe they weren't all fans of.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah.
3: Like, for me, I didn't really have that. Like, as much as I'd been looking forward to seeing some of the Next Generation cast when Picard was first announced, uh-huh. by the time the series started, I was so delighted that it was really new. And it, it acknowledged the size of the universe and the length of a life. Right. In that the time that Picard spent on the Enterprise D was not the most important time in his life. It it was very important, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the only important thing that happened to him. Like you saw it in the first episode, he goes back to his personal like U hole storage unit or whatever they're called, the shore guard unit. And Why why does he even need that? He's got like a whole estate. He's put Starfleet behind him at that point. Right. Like, this is all about... You see it in the credits as well. Yeah. You know, the the sky is falling, a, a crack forms and something falls down. And then that sort of puts him back together at yeah, the end, no, metaphorically. I,
0: I got that. But, I mean, like, he's got a whole vineyard. Like, I'm sure he's got, like, some sort of back room where he can put all of his Starfleet uh, stuff out. He could. Without. He's specifically chosen not to. Yeah. Like he's he's separated
3: from from Starfleet. Okay,
0: yeah, I can accept that.
3: Yeah. When he walks into his shore guard, he's got his little ships, and the most prominent one is the Stargazer, not yeah, yeah. the Enterprise D. <laughs> I was a little bit facetious in dumping the warp core here, yeah, because this is honestly amazing. Taking a moment in this series, which is a like it's a brutal thriller. It it mm-hmm. really
0: is very graphic and 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 emotional and. What have we seen about the, let's call it the Stargate technology that they use in this episode? Uh,
1: Ah,
3: okay. So it's a technology that's on the Bohr cube where they were in the
0: last episode, and and
3: they use that. It's called a spatial trajectory. Voyager encountered that with the Sikarans. I'm doing this off memory. Chief, please stand by to correct me if I get anything wrong. It was an early season one episode. The Sikarans were supposed to be one of the recurring villains. And they were really interesting because they were technologically advanced. Are those the cauliflower heads? No, they were just really kind and interested. But they had a prime directive as well. And they wouldn't share their advanced technology with Voyager. They had this ability to travel from one planet to others that were very, very far away. Right. But it was unique to their planet's technology, but so sort of the suggestion is that the Borg at
1: one point so, uh, assimilated.
0: assimilated... a few of those, and they have that, which was weird why they did not use that to get to but whatever.
1: Kaki, you're spot on there with your analysis. The only thing I have to really say is splitting hairs a little bit, but it's Sakariens, not sakarans Other than that, perfect recap.
0: Well, it was relegated yeah. specifically to,
3: like, they called it the Queen
0: Cell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was a mention of that, yeah. I was, Whatever I, that I, is. We're going to come, that's going to come up in my... Uh, oh, uh,
3: awesome. Because, in- yeah, when I think of Nepenthe, I sort of forget the whole boar cube. Right. Uh, sorry, the artifact. Yes. Side plot. Previously on, we get the romantic subplot by the Romulan spy, Narek.
0: Yes. Seducing We don't see a lot Dr. of him, really, yeah. Uh, seducing the doctor and going... Well, basically, yes, what's happening, there's a little bit of the Picard ship going on, and it kind of la sirena i love it so much all those holographic displays and then there's a little flashback where what's her face gets blue pilled uh, by the uh, <laughs> the vulcan uh, head of secu- uh, starfleet security yes I, for a moment i was like okay do i know this actress and like is it a vulcan because like she's got like massive ears for even for a vulcan i noticed that as well yeah So like this all is all the way some... out there
3: no i have it written down because i recognized her well she's tamlin tomita as Commodore O, and I know her from the pilot episode of Babylon 5, where she played Laurel Takashima. Oh, that's a long time ago. 1993. Yeah. Right, yes. Character that was replaced with Susan Ivanova oh, as yes, of part course, of yes. quite a few changes between yeah. the pilot. But yeah, she's in Okinawa.
0: Visiting Dr. Agnes Jurati I can't remember Why why was she on the ship? Why was she along for the ride? Like she's one of the ones Who got recruited by Picard To come with And initially she declined And then she agreed after all As we now learn Because she was being talked to By Starfleet security Yes Right, yes Uh, (laughs) Who who
3: told her that she needed To swallow this chip Which she had to chew Chew,
0: yeah Uh, And then goes mind melding with her Without like informed consent Yes Not cool I
4: had that same (laughs) feeling,
3: like I'm going to show you something now and hands-on face, but how cool is this? A Starfleet security Commodore, she's an Asian Vulcan, played by an Asian actress, she has Asian features, really lovely significant ears, and sunglasses. Yeah. Joining Agnes out in the lawn on a cliff while she's enjoying her bento box. like She's got just got a little bit of sushi. Of course, that would be your lunch if
0: you're I mean, at the Daystrom Institute in Okinawa. Yeah, I mean, it's like you, you've got replicators. Your lunch can be whatever you bloody well want it to be. Yeah, but real is better, uh, as they noted. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd, I'd, I'd be First of several see. puking scenes for Agnes Jurati. Noticed, yeah, there's a lot of that going mm-hmm. on, yeah. This is basically still recap because they're still running around, trying to escape from the ship the board from, from, from the board cube cube, specifically
3: yes. yeah, because there was a security incident that they were involved in in the last episode, which you came in completely dry and
0: no the Android girl has just been tricked into revealing the location which is implanted in her head yes. and she it, as soon as she realizes that she's being been tricked and locked up, she starts tearing through the floor of the cell she's in yep, and that just happens to drop in on. Picard and the his face? Well, I I Picard no and yeah. Elmore. They were there to find her. Yes, but they've just, been on. A... Fortunately, it's just like that's just the room where she drops through the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> convenient, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now it does hold together. Shields
3: up! I'm going to defend it. Yeah. Um, the artifact, as this Borg cube is known, is a scientific project, mm-hmm. a collaboration between Starfleet and the Romulan Free State. And so only a portion of the ship is in active use and like there are security concerns, because this is dormant and dead, and they're like retrieving these Borg drones one at a time
0: in small groups and physically and mentally rehabilitating. Oh, them. those are the XB. The XB, right, yes, yeah. I noticed that. I was gonna ask who they were because I've got that written down at some point. Uh, yeah.
3: Like Picard takes several departures from how you know medical technology was presented in the yeah. in Star Trek in the past because Picard was Borgified and his skin he was, looks perfect.
0: Yeah, he was de-Borgified. Yeah. But here, like, it's shown
3: much more like yeah, when a piece of metal is grafted into your face, it leaves a scar. These people have yeah, the got physical these... scars of what was done to them.
0: Yes, kind of showed to me more like there were like remnants from ports. You know, little bits of metal sticking out, which is right in some cases. Which yeah. is a massive departure from even how Star Trek: Next Generation, where wounds were just usually like you, you know, just yeah, wave you, over, yeah. yeah, you just wave your little uh, sonic screwdriver over them and the and the wounds disappear.
3: <laughs> but I really appreciate it here because the whole overriding theme of this uh, this series, and particularly this season,
0: yeah, you know, actions have consequences, yes, and leave and people, yeah. And they Things last. that happen to people leave leave scars. Lasting consequences Not, not even yeah. not all physical, but. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, totally. <laughs> and you were talking about Elnor, who is known as Space Legolas. Oh, no, I was talking about the other guy, actually, the scientist. Oh. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the, you, you mean Hugh. sort Yeah, you oh you, yes. You Hugh. Hugh, Hugh yes. Yes.
3: Uh, played by the same actor who performed Hugh in, in I Borg in Star oh, Trek The Next Hugh. Generation. Oh, that's Hugh. Yes. Okay, I
0: didn't know that.
3: One of the first ex Borg, yes, uh, who oh, right. okay. became a human Starfleet liaison mm. and a program director for this, this oh, reclamation exactly. project. Okay, that that
0: explains a lot of. Isn't my that question. cool? That explains a lot of my questions here. Oh, okay. Right. Let's yeah, let's see what some of those questions were. Well, it's mostly about later on, not not that much later on, when the Romulan, what's her face, Ah, uh, Narissa.
4: I said, tell me where I can find Picard and your little protege.
0: She's threatening him, she's pointing, she's pointing a gun at him. She like sh- she shoots in the air a little bit and trying to get him to tell where Picard went. Yeah. And you can see you at certain points just like climbing up. Yeah. And you can see her realize that like, okay, I'm not going to be able to intimidate him into uh, agreeing. And then she just like tells her people to shoot all the XB. Yep. So, and that, that explains his, like, like, I was thinking like, okay, who is this guy? Clearly he works here who are the XB, which I didn't realize they were called XB until much later in the episode. and then am sub- oh, glad came, you caught that. Su- yeah. Subtitles came on again. Uh, and then, yeah, so I was just like wondering, wondering, okay, what's the relationship? Like, are these, this has got some scientists who's developing these people or creatures or oh, whatever that's it is? interesting. Yeah, yes, I, I, because
3: th- there wasn't even a shot of the Boar cube. Exactly. To establish that that's well, where they
0: were. a little bit. No, there was a bit, but.
3: A little bit. Yeah, yeah. you're right.
0: But still, but yeah, even, it. but even then, I like it didn't immediately click to me. I thought it. I, I seem to recall that it like the, the the Borg cube was some sort of Romulan hideout. Like for some reason, it it might, yeah, it it's was. where the Romulans moved to after their planet got destroyed. Right? Unrelated. Oh, okay. So this is a. It's a ship that uh,
3: some bad stuff happened there. It's the yeah. it's the only known like disabled Borg cube hmm. that just happens to be in Romulan space and just happens okay. to be the only Romulan uh, assimilations known to have ever occurred.
0: Right, yes. Okay. That makes sense now. So now now I know why he cared about them, why he was emotional about it, yep. and why it was used as a... Uh... So Space Legolas, who was one of my favorite characters... I recall you mm-hmm. mentioning him before, yes. Totally, totally did it for me. He's got his little wakizashi, which he carries over his shoulder. So cool. Yeah. So he is
3: an unusual male member of an order of warrior nuns. Yeah. Uh, called the Koat Milat. And he was, you know, adopted as an orphan. And he's just lovely, isn't he? He's, he's, a, he's a Vulcan,
0: right? A Romulan, in fact. He's always Romulan. Okay,
3: yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, I'm on the page. Continuing the tradition that Romulans are basically space elves from Lord of the Rings. Right, yeah. The etymology, like, if Elnor were a Quenya word, the, the language of the elves. Yeah. El being star and Nor being voyage, he would literally be Star Trek. <laughs> Wow, yeah, <laughs> that right. must have
0: been intentional <laughs>
3: <laughs> Okay, so La Sirena We have on board Captain Rios Yes Agnes Durati and Rafi Musiker
0: And they're being jostled about because they're being uh, Held by the tractor beam from the Borg Cube Not allowed to leave They're and fighting it like tooth and nail
1: Get us back online, Rafi I'm trying, I'm trying The tractor beam is completely scrambled our systems Try harder, god
3: damn it and Raffi is trying to, like, hack the tractor beam so that they can make their escape. Right,
0: because, of course, that works. Like, you know.
3: Hey, that's her specialty. Okay. Right? She's not a weapon specialist. She's not an engineer. She's an intelligence officer. So yep. she would have had advanced training in, in
0: okay, exoprogramming. Yeah. And the captain is, like, the, the, the classic, almost, like, cliched, oh, big cigar-smoking rogue. That's Yes. I must say, it is a cool ship. It looks very cool it doesn't look very star trekky but it is very cool uh, a very pretty little ship they are it's... only allowed to leave after the romulans launch what was it called the snakehead or something snakehead yeah, yeah a little tracking ship probably one of those little snake ships they
4: got snakeheads double sub thrusters massive firepower for their size
3: so narissa who's in command of the the Boer cube like orders them to be held until Narek, who's her brother by the way they have a complicated yeah. relationship is a, in position to track them because they want to find out where Picard has gone.
0: I want Narek's fidget
3: cube. Oh, God. It's so cool, isn't <laughs> I it? I want that thing. It's like... <laughs> it's it's a bunch of metal cubes and like, what? Flip, 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 flip.
4: Yeah.
0: It's, it's just... so
3: cool. And it's just doing it casually offhand. Like, he must he have did... spent weeks practicing with it at every party mm. and every moment while he's doing right-handed things. Like He, he certainly looks like he's a, a right-handed performer. With Narik in place, Narissa orders the release of the ship, because if she can't get the intelligence out of Hugh, well, the next fastest way is to follow his
0: friends. Yep, who naively don't, mm, don't yes. really recognize the fact that, like, oh, yeah, they, they kept us here, and then, then this one ship got launched, and then suddenly we got released. Yes. Huh. Rafi is not <laughs> nearly as enthusiastic as Rios. Because, what? yeah, they just got flying off. Apparently no real destination. There was no agreement on what was going to be the rendezvous point if they got split up or anything. Oh, we saw it in the flashback. Like, oh, meet did? me on Nepenthe. It
2: said a rendezvous. Rendezvous? Where are you going? Nepenthe. Meet us there.
0: Oh, right. You did That's actually what say it.
3: Said. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So that's where they're going. And yes, I agree. La Sirena
0: is beautiful cuz like she's not a starfleet ship. So she's a commercial hauler. I got a lot of firefly vibes from her actually. Valid. Because of the different decks and the like the the, and the, the, continuity. the Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And right, the, the cargo walk from space the bridge, going, going into the, down the uh, stairs. In, into the med lab and everything. Yeah. So yeah, I got a lot of firefly vibes from the way oh, the ship it's, looks. <laughs> it's great. Like it's one open space. You look which is not a very good plan. You know, compartmentalization is a thing, especially in spaceships. You know, having one huge open space is not that
1: secure. <laughs> okay, so so,
0: so
3: there have been a lot of discussions about this and analyses about, about La Cirena because, yeah, of course, visually, it looks amazing that you look through the windshield, you see the pilot and the captain behind them, and then you just look, past this atrium at the engines at the back in the transporter. It's just glorious to look at. But there's all these partially fitted bulkheads and all of these sort of mounting positions. The idea is probably that this ship, like additional bulkheads can be slid in to sort of variable configurations for different missions. And Rios just sort of keeps everything
0: open. Strip it all out because we're going for speed.
3: (laughs) Right? Got to go fast. And yeah, he likes his cigars. He's got this swagger. And again, these fantastic holographic interfaces that that seem like body locked to
0: uh, to whoever's uh, in charge yeah how they move around with people when they swivel about in their chairs which looks really cool it looks really cool it's going to be hard to use well unless you're trained to
3: mm. but now we get to credits. The, the main thrust of the episode yes starts after the the credits we see this lush blue green world a, yes. bl- a very pastoral planet and it's beautiful it's a forest there's a waterfall
0: and Picard if. and Sochi arrive in this meadow. Immediately uh, set upon by Hearn the Hunter. Well, no, sorry. Uh-
3: Hearn the Hunter is <laughs> a great reference. She should have had antlers. She yes. should have had twig antlers who draws a, a bow and arrow at them. And they're under fire. No, she's wait. She's got ears. Look. She's got ears. Yeah, she's got, yeah, got yeah. pine Le- ears. ears. That's amazing. I think
0: they're, 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 I think they're stuck on the hood of her cloak that she's wearing. She's got a moth kigu. Okay, yes. Right, she's got a moth Kigurumi. That's totally what she's wearing. Mothma, yeah, pink uh, stripes on her face. Really cool. Because she's the wild girl of the woods. And Picard recognizes her. Even though she doesn't
3: recognize him, he says, Are we safe here, Kestra? Okay, and for some of us, our heart broke at the mention of that name. Kester was the name of Diana Troy's sister that she didn't know about. Oh, right, yes. Because that was a repressed memory. Mm-hmm. Her sister was deceased. Yes, it was a season six episode that uh, involved her mother, who'd who'd repressed that memory. Yeah, yes, the amazing Luxana Troy, who
0: I will get you to appreciate <laughs> one of these days. I do appreciate Luxana not enough, I don't I, think. I think there are I levels can, of appreciation I can, you can I can, I can appreciate take. her and still, you know? Like, you can still have a, a, a slight disdain or a, a dislike of a character and still Absolutely. appreciate them. It's, I mean, that's part of the characters. It's ones you love to hate, you know? It's... <laughs> and Kestra brings them to,
3: well, she takes them on a voyage and- um, Basically walking back home. Soji is immediately the focus of her attention.
4: My arrows are real, though. But I would never shoot you because I'm a pacifist, but I could. I'll keep that in mind.
0: Because, like, we learn that she's just about three years old. Yes. roughly. Yeah. <laughs> Much to Kestra's delight because now she says, like, i oh, finally someone I can boss around.
4: And because you're three years old, so I get to be the boss of you. It's really
3: interesting to watch this episode from Soji's point of view, which I, I really dedicated myself to doing this time around. Uh-huh. Because for her, it's been minutes since she found out that she's an android. Yeah. And that like the life that she thought she had was a lie. And that this like she's only known Picard for minutes at this point. We've known him for years. Of oh, course. yeah, that's
0: a very good point,
3: yeah. And so that's what I think is the narrative brilliance of this this episode, where, you know, there was a facetious warp core I dumped. Nothing happens because Like, you can mine so much drama just out of what has happened already and where you are now and and processing that emotionally.
0: And that's like, I mean, I think they do that very well. And I guess that's what also makes it so strong that Riker and Troy show up because that allows so much reminiscing and so much basically pointing out that a lot of them still have the same character faults that they've always had. Exactly that. (laughs) Exactly that. Like, there's almost nothing about, like, really
3: reminiscing about, oh, remember this adventure or, like, no idea of, like, saddling up. It's all about pointing out each other's character flaws and trying to, like, you're making the same mistakes as you did back then. Yes. And you're not being the best version of yourself because I've seen him. Yeah. And that's what you owe to the universe. But, yeah, it's a very slow-paced episode, even the... It fits for the series as a whole. Yeah. Which has these, well... At the same time, it's, the character development is, is really quite slow and mm-hmm. dealing with trauma, but the action
0: is brutal and, and fast and bloody and, and cruel often. What I like about this scene is it's a classic walk and talk scene. Of, yes. Uh, but with the uh, two ladies in front of Picard just walking behind them and listening. Yeah. He doesn't say a word in the entire exchange. Is- that's really does interesting. He, he yeah, might no, be, you're, no, you're,
3: you're quite he, right. He just he turns around just, to him. Yeah,
0: he's just walking behind them and listening to what they're saying. I guess gathering his own, his own thoughts in a lot of way. But only when he's addressed does he actually interject in anything and say something.
4: Who is her father?
0: Well, I I imagine that you've heard of Commander Data
3: and cast reveal us.
4: Whoa, you're an android.
2: And that <laughs> is. I think I'm using
3: this word correctly, but that's quite triggering for for Sochi. Yeah, yeah. We see the the anxiety. It's a very, very fresh trauma for her. And yeah, like, how can you blame someone? The for- car tries to calm her
0: down a little bit.
3: Fails. Yep. Because he he doesn't have the trust that he insists from her.
0: She rejects him. It's like yeah, everything's fake. Oh no, no, no! Your sister was real. It's like. <laughs> I think but, I've got yeah. <laughs> I, good news and bad news. Good news, your sister was real. Real. Bad, bad news, news, she's dead. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. oh, dear. I, I have that written down, actually. It's like... <laughs> Burying the lead there. Yeah. <laughs> your it's sister... Like, oh, what did I write down? It's like, oh, no, no, no. Your sister isn't fake. She's just dead. It's
4: like, no, wow. No. Thank you.
3: I laughed out of habit there. Hey, for the listeners at home, that's not the actual emotion I'm feeling, but the emotion that I'm feeling in this next scene as we pan down over this beautiful forest cabin is just elation because who else walks out with her gardening shears and gloves but... Deanna. Deanna Troy. Yeah. She's got her hair hanging loose and natural. She looks up when Kestra calls, and she sees this old man walking down her driveway.
0: And her face just shows absolute
3: delight. And she opens her arm for a hug. And she immediately...
4: You're in trouble. How bad. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is not a social call. This is... A, yeah.
4: Yep. And
3: uh, it's amazing how many feelings she's processing at the same time. Yeah, she's, not just uh,
0: her own. His as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes,
3: absolutely. Yes, you're a, you're a betazoid because she's sours. And he, she doesn't even say anything, but, but he says, I'm fine, because that's another plot point. He has a brain condition. Oh, yes. has yeah, yeah. been recently diagnosed as, as reactivating. I remember that, yeah. So that's something that he's dealing with as well, and that must be what she's sensing. Like mm. his, his death is imminent at this point.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love how she interacts with Asha, Dr. Soji Asha.
2: Just Soji.
0: Ah, uh, uh, yes. You can tell her, like, she, of course, immediately clocks into the fact that, that she's an android, because she mentions it to Will yes. at some point, like, yeah. Sorry. She has Can't all of it. these yeah.
3: emotional responses, but can't feel a thing. Can't yeah. read them.
0: <laughs> Definitely not there.
3: Speaking of uh, Riker, Will's in his kitchen listening to some
0: really good jazz. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, also, like, okay, one more little thing. Well, I won't call it a dumping the war core, but <laughs> if you, like, have a place like that, uh-huh. why do you have a knuckle-scraping cheese grater like the one that he is using? For, for God's sake, get a good box model, Oria. Something else that's not just like <laughs> just going to rip your fingers to shreds. What's <laughs> wrong with this one? What's so bad about it? Uh, it's like the, the pyramidal design. It's like oh, yeah? well basically well, all of those things are like finger grinders, even yes, the box model ones. But this one's harder to clean. Oh Because it's got the weird like pyramid like or cone shaped.
3: Yeah, but come on, you just like phaser it and then you replicate a new one it's so much easier because look at this whole thing this is cosplaying right they're essentially like ren faring
0: which becomes immediately evident after will and jean-luc greet each other and yes. it's like it, it, it's kind of cool because like it's like oh shields up the sensor, sensor sweeps <laughs> <laughs> ready photon torpedoes shields up sensor sweep to maximum oh and also do the uh, uh, anti-clo- anti-cloaking sweep yes <laughs>
3: Brilliant. Yes, yes, of course. If you had home automation and you're a, you know, I mean, you're probably on several, like, security watch lists, right? As a a Um, former command officer of Starfleet in active reserve. As he is, yes. Uh, But yeah, that hug and just the size of Jonathan Frakes. I was recently listening to the audiobook of Brent Spiner, who played Data, wrote a book called Fan Fiction. And it's a sort of noir about a supposed stalking that supposedly happened to him, which features some of the original cast. And the audiobook is great because the original cast of The Next Generation that he was still filming a show with actually play their roles in the audiobook. Ah. And so as he's having like an, a panic attack about being pursued by this this stalker, he's, he's like, who do I, who can I go to? Where can I be safe? Okay, what about the Frakesisk? Yeah, because Jeannie, she's so kind and understanding, Jeannie, uh, Jonathan's wife. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she's really amazing. And Jonathan is like, he's big. He's like real big. So that's where I'll be safe. <laughs>
1: Chief Engineer Greg here. So as someone who goes to a lot of conventions, stuff like that, this past summer, I walked past Jonathan Frakes while he's walking towards his table And I'm six foot two, something around there. And Jonathan Frakes, like, he was a little hunched over. I think just, like, his back injuries just, like, being a little more difficult to handle nowadays. Even so, one, he is still tall, but he still has had a presence of being a large man. Like, I felt, like, the need to, like, look up, even though, like, we were roughly eye to eye as he was, like, passing me. So I really just think that Jonathan Frakes just kind of has that personality about him where he just feels physically larger than life because of his whole persona so fun little tidbit there i guess i don't know
0: and he hugs him and picard gets flour on his jacket because uh, of course he's been making pizza dough. what Uh, i mean he's been grating cheese what he was doing a moment ago but oh yes
3: but just that welcome say again
0: hello will
3: oh oh man Oh, what a what a fantastic! Yeah, back... I'm choking up just just thinking oh. about it now. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not yes. the Cards' age, but
0: yeah, more oh, like, like Jonathan Frakes' age, I think. Well, he's a little older than we are, but Oh, I should be so lucky to look that good uh, when I hit that age. But like, yeah, encountering someone that you've been apart from, from for a long time. Yes, Will Wheaton. He's now older than Patrick Stewart was when they were both playing in <laughs> Next Generation. <laughs> <The> next generation. <laughs> yeah.
3: <Wow. laughs> But he's welcomed into, into their home. They say that you can stay however long you need. You, you're, you're going to get our help. But it's going to start with a nap,
2: isn't it? Stay as long as you need. Whatever it is, we can
3: handle it. And the details don't matter to them. No. Like, this is part of the course. Of course we're going to take care of you. The most important thing is you get some sleep. Kestra's off to show
0: Soji where she can get washed oh, after, up. After she hands over the bunny corn or whatever it was. Uh... Bunny
3: corn, very good. Because that's what she was out hunting with her oh, bow and arrow.
0: Yes, She was hunting.
3: We see a little bunny rabbit in the forest whom you described as... Oh, the little
0: uh, mad-eyed prophet of the woods,
3: yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got a little unicorn horn, which is apparently like a delicious but venomous local it, it animal. Has, it has a
0: gland that needs to be removed, otherwise you... Just end up puking and... uh... She hands over this this skinned carcass to her father who goes, Oh, nicely done.
4: You cut out the venom sacs. Nope, I left them in so we can all spew black bile and die.
3: So our pizza's
0: getting bunny corn sausage. Yes. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. He's still making the pizza and now he gets the bunny corn. He still has to make sausage out of that first? I mean, at this point, it's just basically ground bunny corn that you're putting on there. Sausage implies that there's a little bit of process and...
3: Yes, I think this may be a cultural distinction
0: I've I've noticed before, like, Americans Talking about,
3: like, sausage, just Meat, basically, just right. you know, I um, mean, ground meat.
0: A lot of sausage meat. Like I, re- I remember you and I talking exactly. at one point. It's like, oh, you, sir, we're talking about Scotch eggs, and it's like you put sausage meat around, it and you look, where do you get sausage meat? And it's like, oh, you just take a sausage and you cut it open, and then you have sausage meat. <laughs> yeah. What's the middleman then for? <laughs> why? Why put it in the? Well, it's because you, they don't sell sausage meat without the casing. They do in the states. Oh, okay. Well,
1: just fair enough. There up you go. So, yeah, yeah,
3: right. Why? Why bother with a turkey when well, you can just have the stuffing? Yeah.
1: Maybe I'm just not shopping at the right places, or maybe you're talking about sausage patties there but I'm kind of confused by just buy sausage meat on its own.
0: Uh, shortest shower ever. Like we see it turning on and off again immediately.
1: Yeah, I, 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 okay, I, I,
0: I, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is editing. Also outdoor shower, neat. Yes, real neat. Oh, it must be a lovely planet, like w- lovely weather all around if, like, if your shower is always outside. <sighs> or they learn to live with it like mm. you can shower in the in the cold and then you warm up back
3: inside uh, I mean I've, inside. I've,
0: I've been to places with outdoor showers but that was like in Hawaii where it literally is like you know yes. <laughs> it never if, if it ever drops below 20 uh, Celsius then it's a uh, national emergency there
3: so. <laughs> oh, my husband's step family like they came from Brazil oh, yeah. uh, his, uh, his step and sisters and like in their in their teens and 20s and like they arrived in October, in a very warm October for our standards, and they arrived in like scarves and gloves, because <laughs> like, yeah, under 20 Celsius was, it was very alien to them. But Kestra is welcoming Soji into her house, and I was so hoping that Kestra would become a, somehow a recurring character, because this ah. actress is amazing! Yes, she
0: is. She's so engaging and, and warm, and her hair's awesome, and she's... But yeah, there's a little bit of bonding going on between the two, definitely.
1: Can you run super
4: fast, and jump really high, and... um? And bend steel with your hands. Turns out, yes, I can. Weird. (laughs) Tell me about it.
3: They just connect with each other the way that, as a child, you can just connect with someone. Hey, you,
0: I don't know why. I like you. Let's be friends. And I'm going to put effort into it. Also, I mean, she lives here, out in her own, in the middle of the forest, Mm. with just her parents. Oh, she's got friends. I suppose so, but... She's texting s- Captain Randall. Right, which, uh, is all, which is already showing as well, you know, the fact that she's like sitting on her phone at the dinner table, which is normal behavior for a teenager. But exactly, it was yeah. so cool. <laughs> I don't know. I get the feeling that she's like a bit of a backwoodsy type thing and that the, the isolated life that the parents have chosen for themselves is like, you know, they're kind of also subjecting their daughter to. Well, such is the way of parenthood,
3: right? Yeah, like whatever, whatever choices parents make, no, that's totally. what the children live with. She seems to be thriving. She's an avid artist. Her room's covered with drawings. She's got a double bed, or what's it called? One of those uh, bunk uh, beds.
0: bunk bed, yes. Where she has happily claimed the top bunk. I mean, she is at this point, you know, the only remaining child of the Troy. The Troy Riker family,
3: yeah. Because that's what we learn. Like, they moved to this planet. They left Starfleet and moved here for their son's health. Yes. The
0: The soil has regenerative powers. Yes. Whatever that means. That's what Riker calls it, yes.
3: Hence why the basil grows so well. But unfortunately it wasn't enough to save Thad's life
4: No Last week would have been his 18th birthday Uh,
3: Also another reverence to the sort of history and lore of Star Trek Thaddeus Riker
0: was an ancestor of Will Oh, okay Uh, Wasn't it his? He's got got the half-brother Sorry, he's got the other Riker A clone, yes, Thomas 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 Riker who joined the Maquis Yes, that's the one
3: He gets cloned an awful lot, doesn't he? Riker (laughs)
0: I suppose. Is there more of him? Oh, yeah, because... Well,
3: at one point, like, the evil antithesis of the space Irish clone him and Pulaski, and he just phases
0: his unborn clone. Yeah, and there's also the one... Isn't there also a version of him which is on the old ship, you know, with the phase drive, the illegal phase drive? Wasn't there a version of him on that as well? Oh, no, I know what you're talking about, the the Pegasus. I don't know that he left a version of himself behind there, but,
3: yeah, there's there's Rikers everywhere, (laughs) especially considering he's such a... Rambunctious slut. Right. Yeah. There must be a lot more Rikers than even he's aware of. Well, descendants. Yes. <laughs> Thaddeus Riker was mentioned. Oh, in Star Trek Voyager, Death Wish. Oh, oh. yes, yes. This episode marks kind of a breakthrough for uh, Jonathan Frakes. He is the only performer to appear in five different live action Star Trek series. Ah. Yep. And he and Marina Sirtis both portray the same character in four different live-action Star Trek series because his appearance in Deep Space Nine was as Thomas Riker, not as William Riker. Yes. (laughs) Actually, now I'm I'm saying that? Is that correct? Because, I mean, maybe as a regular performer or even, like, someone who's had a regular role, because there is
1: Jeffrey Combs. Hey, Chief. So, as previously mentioned, Special Guest Star is someone for whom their celebrity is such that they are able to call for that. So Jonathan Frakes appearing as anything, he typically has the special guest star. If you're a recurring guest star you would be listed as for example, Mark Amo as Gold Dukat or Jeffrey Coombs as Yoon. If you're just a one and done guest star or this is your first appearance as this character, you may only be getting your name under the guest star's section of the opening credits of Star Trek. So that's how that works.
3: Thanks for clearing that Thank up for you. us which
1: one way or the other so confusing. <laughs> we, we still can't hear you are you sure that there's nothing you can do about it? I could fix it, but you keep reassigning my men to build your tennis court on the exterior of the hole. This is a terrible idea. I keep telling you this. Okay,
3: well, good luck. This conversation between Kestra and, and, and Soji, like, Soji needs it so badly. Hmm. Because the thing that Picard doesn't understand is that she has no reason to trust the people that she's, she's with. Yes. And Picard just
0: can't imagine it. No, because like I'm this guy God's Kestr- gift Kestr- to space. Kestra Kestr is a very good intermediate because she's a little bit starstruck about, uh, about Picard and about Data, who's like who's, she kinda like considers to be uh, Soji's father. Yes. Which she actually needs explaining to Soji later on, which kinda kinda resolves that whole distrust issue.
3: So in the backstory, research into synthetic life forms yeah. and, and and uh the yeah, I mean forbidden, yes, because there was for like a, quite a while. Yeah, yeah,
0: because there was like a, a synthetic uprising and like Lots of people died. Exactly. Yeah. That was what Agnes Jurati
3: and her, her former professor and lover Bruce Maddox mm-hmm. were sort of skirting the
0: edges of that rule. But it also turns out that, like, yeah, that's the reason that uh, Thaddeus died, because
4: there was no, the, the
0: cure was simple.
4: You just have to culture the infected cells in an active positronic matrix, but by the time Thad came down with MN, there were no active positronic matrices, and... No one was allowed to develop new ones.
3: In the kind of, yes, the kind of coincidence <laughs> that only happens in real life and great fiction. <laughs> it sort of ties together. Because, yes, if Data had still been alive, he would have been able to uh, produce a cure for Troy and Riker's son, whom Picard is sort of reintroduced to when Deanna lets him into Thad's room to take a nap. And you see her bracing herself Yeah, as she opens the door because it's, it's their child's room and hasn't, hasn't been altered. He still got uh, his various notes. Apparently, he was a Conlanger.
0: Yes. Making constructed languages from an early age. Uh, Which I thought was a really cool uh, explanation that they gave for that, because he, yeah. he grew up in a starship.
4: He was fascinated by the idea that people had homeworlds Beta Z, Earth. He wanted a homeworld of his own, so he invented one Ardani. It means home.
0: Yeah, oh, what it, What's it like to have a home planet? I'm going to invent home planets.: I'm going to make a home planet. 30, yes. 13 of them.:
3: Amazing. And a, a framed photo of Picard holding him as a baby.:
0: Yeah. What I'm, kid would hold him? I'm pretty that? sure that's an addition, later addition to the room that they you know right? that they put in there too.: <laughs> Let's put all the Thad things in, uh, in Thad's room. Yeah, good point.:
3: But there is a moment where Diana tells Picard like, no, we really did mean it you can't stay as long as you need to. But it's
4: just that if something were to happen to Kestra... Of course.
3: So as much as I, I really want to help you, there's actually something that's really more important. And the, just the grief and, and conflict that Marina Certus is, is portraying here is just yeah. amazing. All right, let's Mintaka 3 the rest of this share. Because this is like, a new podcast, Kay. They sorry, don't know yes. about the, uh, they know. the treaty start- of Beca- Mintaka. Yes, but we don't have... <laughs> it's just a planet where proto-Vulcans right, occurred. Okay coined by Ricky Manning who was also a writer on Farscape where we did a podcast about and then we had this phenomenon where we the treaty of mintaka 3 is we can just sort of skip through the episode without like
0: regard for its order basically we split the A plot and the B plot and we talk about one or the other first now what are we going to call that in sort of star trek terms i thought mintaka 3 was a planet from star trek yes,
3: yes but like it just happens to be where this proto vulcanoid species is right. a, there's no that's a that's a farscape thing no come on come oh, on, okay, on. it's right. oh, going to be something with Oh, the temporal directive! Oh, they've got, they've got the Bureau of Temporal Investigations. Right, right. Okay, let's do this the way that they teach it in first-year Bureau rookies. Like, okay, no, it's fine. You can separate the timelines as long as you, you look put at them the back separ- together again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, but you're only allowed to do it if there is a persistent disconnect between the two timelines, and no crossing overs in in between time. You're only allowed to do it between like the point that the timelines split from each other and that they meet again. Yes, yes, very good. Go. So, temporal directive. Very good. On board the what was the name of the ship again? Snakehead S- or La Sirena? La Sirena. The Siren a, in a, Spanish. A, a, oh yes, this is El, el Matador. That's Spanish for the Matador. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's an out cold quote, if everybody wants that. Everyone wants to look it up. I'm good. It's a fantastic snowboarding movie.
3: <laughs> As opposed to all those lesser snowboarding movies. Uh-huh. Is it the one where the good snowboarders have to defeat the bad snowboarders no. who want to like close down the youth center and use it for crime? Uh, not quite, but it's... <laughs> The evil snowboarders it were is, snowboarding it's, it's, it's for where, evil. It's, it's
0: where someone comes and buys the resort and wants to turn it into an upscale. It's basically what I was talking about. youth center the resort. <laughs> it
3: doesn't matter. But yes, they've got someone on their tail. And Agnes has a bit of a meltdown. Do we even want to go to Nepentheon? I just
2: want to go home, okay? I want you to turn this ship around, point it at the earth, and push play. Picard B- can look after himself, and somebody else can find that synth. Why does it have to be me?
0: So I don't quite understand why she has the
3: meltdown. Well, I'm glad that there has been a spoiler warning on this episode. Chief? there would be a yes, Kaki. Yes, there has been, hasn't there? Okay, good. She has recently killed someone, like ah. Bruce Maddox, her lover, who she's working with. We found out like what we see today is whatever it was that Commodore O showed her mm-hmm. motivated her to believe that the furtherance of synthetic life will lead to torment and destruction in the, right. in the galaxy and must be prevented. Yeah. She did what she believed was necessary, killing a researcher into synthetic life.
0: Right, who also happened to be her partner.
3: But she's no killer. No. Well, she clearly has.
0: Right, okay, that explains and it. And that's just twisting her up inside. Right, yes, that's very clear. Because as they are doing a little bit of dropping in and out of warp to... Uh, Try and shake the snake. Yes, which is not working because she's got the tracker in him. Yes. Captain actually believes that Rio is the one who is... Ruffy. Enough. Uh, Ruffin, sorry, yeah. Played by Michelle Hurt. Oh, she's amazing. carrying the tracker. But no, she readily admits to the fact that she's the one who has got the tracker. Yeah, it doesn't quite land, though. No. She said, oh, of course it's you then. You know, in, you've been on here dis- since we left Earth. Yeah, right. You haven't left the ship. Which is interesting because that this implies that the Starship Command, the Starfleet Command, mm-hmm. somehow gave the information for that tracker to the Romulans. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that interesting? Funny that, isn't it? Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. Can I make this even... Uh, like, are you going to piece this together when I tell you that Narissa, the, the Tal Shiar, or I should say jat agent yeah. who uh, execute all those XPs and is Narek's brother, we were first introduced to her as a Starfleet security officer Rizzo uh,
0: who reported to Commodore O. Oh, okay. So it might have With round ears. Just to be an espionage then, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. I love Commodore O. <laughs> So, Rafi and Rios recognize this meltdown as, yeah. oh,
3: that's some trauma. I know what to do about that.
4: Cake. <laughs> I love this scene. Like, and now you come along for a ride with Auntie Rafi. She's going to hook you up with whatever you need. Can it be cake?
0: You bet it's cake. <laughs> Which leads to a little bit of overindulgence. I suppose. Yeah.
3: She brings this huge slice of cake and sets it next to two empty plates. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> then add milk on top of that. Uh, chocolate and, milk? Uh, yeah, you're going to need chocolate milk. It reminds me of, okay, so back to the Kay like, and Kaki talk about the internet. It's like someone like- Also a segment from another podcast ri- we did, ri- Kay. You've, you've got to get enough. into this reality. <laughs> 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 it's like a woman shows up at the drive-thru of some place, like, oh, I want a sweet tea, and then- like she, she's sitting there crying at the uh, behind the wheel, and like, oh, honey, do you want a chocolate or a vanilla milkshake? And uh, like, no, no, I ask for a sweet tea. He's like, no, no, honey, you need a milkshake.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I in Durham, I'm reminded of the excellent comedy
3: Evolution, starring David Duchovny, where uh, the character who there's always oh. there's always time for lube.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly, that's the one character played by Chief. That would be Orlando Jones, which I didn't have to look up because I watched a video about Evolution, the movie, earlier this week. Cocky get out of my head. Thank you very much. Uh, has just been
3: subjected to a rather forceful medical intervention to save his life from a, from a parasite. And they go, oh, you're so brave, you're so brave. Can we get you anything? Yeah, yeah, ice cream. <laughs> like, what flavor? Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's from my ass. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Oh, God, yes. So this plot on La Sirena, like there is some some suspicion, but also like
0: no doesn't, doesn't really go anywhere. No.
3: Except the final moment where Rios is suspicious of, of Rafi, mm-hmm. and Agnes doesn't no. want anybody else to be uh, right. suspected. And so when, when Rios is called away to the bridge because the snakehead has shown up again, she 3D prints, because that's what replicators look like now. I know, it is
0: an actual, it is an actual 3D printer uh-huh. that is there. I noticed that as well, that like, that prop was an actual 3D printer.
3: Made a lot of so-called Star Trek fans really angry, uh-huh. and okay, fine. It's
0: been generally considered to be a bad move.
3: <laughs> I love it! Right, this is how we make television now. This is what you'd... Like, this is such a fun joke. I mean, in the original series, a fing spray bottle was shown as a really advanced like uh, piece of medical technology. This yes. was pretty advanced.
0: Uh, qui Jinn's communicator annex mitochondrion analyzer is a lady, lady shape which was p- up, held upside down and painted silver.
3: Exactly. <laughs> it's a proud tradition of using things. Like, of course it is. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> 3D printers <laughs> are the closest thing that we have to, to replicate it right no. now. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, if I could have a 3D printer that made cake. No, now I'm just talking about Diamond Age, aren't
0: I? Yeah. With the feed. Well, Did I get yeah. it right this time? I think so, yes. Yeah. Yes. Proud uh, of myself. Good. Yeah, she prints some sort of uranium thing, which, which comes with a warning that
2: Depending on species, there may be neurotoxic effects.
0: And she falls down and starts foaming at the mouth. Cue a doctor.
2: What is the nature of
3: your... Oh, bloody hell. I-
0: Please state the nature of your medical emergency. Oh, Oh, shit. Oh, bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
3: So this ship that Rios bought when he left Starfleet is supposed to have like a five or six person crew, uh-huh. but he didn't want to have other people around because he's kind of crotchety, and so like he just activated all the emergency engineering holograms, the emergency tactical holograms, and he didn't want to look at other people's faces, so he reprogrammed them all to essentially have his face and slightly different personalities.
0: Okay, thank you so much because right. like <laughs> I, I I literally have written down as a comment too many beards, and I'm just like there there's too many dudes here in this in this episode that look the too same much wild alike. hair and beard <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like there's too many people who look alike in this this is confusing but okay that makes a lot more sense now
3: before this uh, the show is done i'm going to show you my favorite episode where you have like all six of those holograms being interrogated together just sitting uh-huh. on, a, on a couch so now agnes giurati has puked again yes and subjected themselves to this uranium treatment. Now the snakehead is no longer able to detect them and they can make one final circumspect course adjustment and then, make uh, their way to Nepenthe. Right. Where in the meantime, a few psychodramas have played out. Because like I was watching this from Soji's perspective, and mm-hmm. the like the only real person that she can see is Kestra, who's yeah. just like someone that she can bond with on a really not superficial but just face value. Yeah. Right, who's being honest, who doesn't have another agenda, and she sees these two people that she also doesn't know, but who have a lot of love for Picard. There's there's love yeah. between them, and there's confidence and comfort. There's a great conversation between Sochi and Diana.
0: Uh, yes, Diana finally tomatoes. getting a chance. To get, oh, getting finally getting a chance to show off her uh, actual counselling uh, talents, which have improved a lot since she was on uh, the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> she where it was all about. Oh, oh, oh. I feel how you feel about this. Yeah, Yeah, I sense your grief and hostility. And and, and now she's actually, yeah, giving advice.
3: But she's doing it in a very structured fashion. So Uh first of all, like giving a shared connection.
4: Have you ever seen a real tomato? I've never had any food that didn't come from a replicator. Try one.
3: I liked how so she takes it, but just like this. Yes, yes, bite into it. Not preparing
0: her for the deluge of for juice, tomato juice gushing out yet. <laughs> well, that's like it's an interest. You can see it starts off as a lead into, you know, never had real food, and then like
4: real is so much better.
0: Connecting to the fact that she's an android. Uh, yes. And then Troy tells her about their son.
4: So you see, Soji, real isn't always better. Because we
3: sure wish there'd be an android like you around. Yeah. Whom we could have asked for this kind of help
0: because, you know, you have to culture someone else's
3: infected tissue in your brain. That's right. quite an ask.
0: Yeah. This is all done because Riker sent her to get some more tomatoes because he's making pizzas in the backyard. He's got a lovely wood-fired pizza oven. Mmm, that wood-fired stove. <laughs> I'm ge- and- I, I, am ge- I am jealous. I want one. Let's see. I figured. I figured. Don't, really have, don't really have room for it, but, you know. This
3: whole, I know i know a lot of people who are of the same persuasion as you are. I just want a 3D printer that will print me cake. Yes. My desires are much simpler and in this century probably easier to obtain.
0: A 3D printer, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that it would be easier for me to get a wood-fired pizza oven in the backyard than it will be for you to get a 3D printer that prints cake. Not in the
3: 24th century no, where my, okay, my heart lives. La, all right. Sorry. Fair. <laughs> but like this whole story that Diana told Soji it's strategic uh-huh and Soji recognizes it like she even confronts Diana with
4: this way that you're being right now all sensitive and caring that makes me trust you less
0: yeah because it feels like you're being deceptive
3: yep yeah and Diana just accepts that there's no nope. she didn't even like remark on it because this was part of her her strategy i'm just going to do what I know to do with people who are trauma survivors, right? Yeah. Provide some sort of connection, some sort of stimulus and whatever your response to that is totally valid. If you don't trust it.
0: Yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'm just giving it to you at face value.
3: Yeah, because up rocks Picard, who's had a glass of wine and no nap. Yeah, uh, well, he
0: did have the nap. He He's, tried, he yeah, said. Okay, yeah, it's fair enough, yeah.
2: He says to Soji. Torture you, destroy you. Yeah, you're right. All
0: this is an elaborate plot. I wouldn't trust any of this if I were you. Like, he almost gets smacked up the head by Diana at that point. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Don't say that. That's like, she has no way of knowing. By the way, just to to come back a little bit to the glass of wine, like Picard just, I love how he just goes like, (laughs) may I? And he picks up, pours himself a glass. And you can see him looking at the bottle rather critically, going like, okay, what kind of plonk is this? And smells the glass
3: for quite a while. (laughs) Like, this isn't one of mine. Yeah,
0: is it? (laughs) I was oh. almost expecting a comment like, like oh, so you kept one of my bottles around. You know, it's like, it's oh. like just what I wanted. Like, I'd go see my old friend and I, he gives me the same plonk that I have at home all the time. There is an episode in season three. Hey,
3: quick extra spoiler warning. Chief, yeah. Pop it in here where Picard meets Worf. And Worf says, thank you for the annual bottle of sour mead. <laughs> what, you mean Chateau Picard?
4: It is quite tart, sir.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i mean for someone who enjoys drinking uh prune juice you know we
3: don't know what it does to the uh, the klingon constitution it's a, a, it's, a it's a warrior's drink oh, kind of knows her uh, klingons well yeah. but so this is part of a conversation that picard's been having with Riker, who like these men know each other as well and they were men in the 90s yeah. right because that's when the show was on and there's still much to be done in the realm of like emotional availability for men and like connecting with one another on a real level. Yeah. but so they're very, very aware of one another's flaws and how some of them, well, you're just not going to get over those, are you?
0: Yeah. For Picard, it's a messiah complex and- He is the great Captain Picard who is going to take care of all the problems, all the universe's problems, yes. Yeah. And Riker
3: respects him including that, not because of or despite it, but- So it doesn't occur to Riker that Picard would do anything else than... than... Someone came to you
0: with a problem, of course you're taking care of it.
3: But Diana recognizes, hey, how you're being right now, that's not the best version of you that I know.
4: You should be... Compassionate, patient, curious. And
2: one other thing, useful.
4: Let us help you, Jean-Luc.
3: And well, that's really confronting them. That, that, that's the kind of advice you can only hear from a friend
4: who knows you really
3: well. Yeah. Because and anyone else, you'd reject them. Right.
4: right. And then she tells him, like, Pretend that our dinner table is the ready room of the Enterprise. Cool. <laughs> we'll find a way forward together.
3: Mm. And that's really what it becomes. Yeah.
2: Cancel red alert!
3: Because, yes, there was a red alert
0: because some smoke was coming out of the chimbley. Yes, and uh, they only burnt a tomato. I was like, no, that's not how pizza ovens work. Like,
3: I think you, that the, the tomato must have slid off the pizza uh, and onto the, well, that's possible, onto but, the fire itself because like, I mean, it was, I, like,
0: toasted. I wasn't timing this, like, how long it took between the moment he shoves the pizza and in and the moment and, like, with all the talking. But it's probably Chief, more. How long was that? Yeah. Oh, no, hold on. That we makes, don't get the yeah, Damn it. Sorry, that doesn't work like So I'm not sure like how long, it, I didn't time how long it was between the moment that uh, he slid the pizza and it was all the time. But I'm willing to bet that it's more than two minutes. Feel free to call me out on this, Chief, if it turns no, out that I'm, on, I, am, I am okay. completely wrong. Before but, the <laughs> Chief answers, let's look at the... We've, we've got the chief and now we've got the Giefs. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, it's so quite that's. Disc- it's, quite, it's quite a bit of two, dialogue that happens between one, those One, two,
3: ones. three, four, five, six, seven per page. So, 14, 28, 35, 72. These Giefs, yeah they're a variable length, but they tend to average around four seconds.
0: Yeah, so we're already well over two minutes then.
3: Oh, no, no, no. He's just slid it in. So, yeah. this is 14, 28. What comes after that? 28 plus 14, 42. Yeah, 56. Oh, no, this 17. whole conversation between Soji and, and Diana is taking place simultaneous.
0: Yeah, but then everybody else shows in, and you get the entire conversation with Riker, Diana, and Picard. And yeah, only so after from... that has occurred... That's about 50 gifs. So, yeah, that's 200 50... seconds. It's well over three minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. too much? Yeah, it probably wouldn't be blackened by that, by that point yet, but you'd have a very crispy pizza. Okay. Well, they are a variable length. Ha-
3: True. We missed a bit on the Boar cube. Right. Hotline, like well, yes, has stayed behind because he saw the massacre of the XBs. Yes. Uh, and, and he's staying with you and they are trying to make their way back to the Queen Cell. He wants to protect Hugh and go somewhere. And like Hugh, he's never used that technology before. It was-
4: mm. We're going
3: back to the Queen Cell.
4: I've forgotten the immense power hidden there. Maybe I was afraid I'd be tempted to use it. I know,
3: As an ex ex-boar. that's not a... An experience you forget. But Nerissa is there and she's glad that Hugh has declared his plans because, ah, you're in violation of the treaty with the Federation and therefore no longer under its protection and I can kill you now. Yay.
0: Which she doesn't do. Oh, yeah, she kills. Well, eventually, but not immediately. First, there's a little bit of a showing off in which uh, oh, Space, space Legolas legal uh, manages to like do a bit of jumping and running around, killing off her agents. He gives them a chance because he says, yeah. Please choose life. Yeah. <laughs> but, and despite the fact that she has a blaster She ends up taking out you With uh, just a quick little flick of a pocket knife uh, Yes Throws it into his jugular
3: Yes, next to the one that was already in his neck What? Yeah, no, this is a little continuity error oh. But there's a shot, you can see it in one of these chiefs. Yeah When he's looking around the corner Yeah He's already got the knife sticking out of his neck <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yes Just a little oopsie but yeah, so she tosses a second knife in and into him and that's more than his neck can
0: handle. And just as Legolas she, she didn't, didn't actually draws her pistol out to to shoot Legolas, to show in, Legolas the back. in the back, but gets transported out. Like does she does that or is that just I'm a, assuming yes because he takes the knife from Hugh's neck yeah. and tosses it at her. I You figure she could have used that same thing to squeeze off a shot and kill him rather than transport her out there.
3: Mm. I don't know, maybe somebody yeah. else was doing it. Maybe there's yeah.
1: an
0: automated system. I mean, yeah, that
3: seems more. That seems more what possible. a brilliant invention that would be. Like yeah. an automated system that if your life is in danger, then you get beamed back to the ship. Yeah. Hey, you know? Note, a lot of episodes makes... could have been a lot shorter. Right. Yeah,
0: well. <laughs> but yes, uh, you get a touching death scene.
4: I was that much of a hopeful fool again for a minute. <gasps> Thanks.
3: And now Elnor is left all alone on a boar cube full of enemies. None of his friends are around. And like, he's terrified. This is something that I really liked about this character because the order of nuns that he belongs to, the yeah. poet Milat. There's even a moment where Narissa like holsters her weapon and she says in the beautiful Romulan constructed language that she... She's always wondered, like, how do Khoi Milat hand-to-hand techniques hold up yeah. against what we learn in the Zhat Vash? and there's a bit of hand-to-hand where she's quite sneaky. They practice something called absolute candor, and it's about being
0: completely honest, right, I th- about what you're feeling. I think you've so- mentioned this, yeah,
3: yeah. And so he's a very like emotionally open and connected, and like right now, as courageous as he is, he's also scared, mm.
0: and yet he decides to stay on board didn't quite rock why he did that but oh he came upon Hugh and the massacre of the of the XBs and he
3: said this is not going to happen again i'm not going to permit her okay so to he's, yeah. kill more more people i'm going to
0: protect Hugh 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 No Hugh's already dead at that point
3: No no this is at the Oh no, yeah, you no, no, you're right, right? yeah you know you're is, right yeah sorry that's, that's why the, he's yeah, with Hugh the for yeah, the of course
0: yeah no um, right, yeah. No, I've, I've, yeah, I, I got a little confused there for a moment. And
3: then, as he's uh, skulking and hiding from the Jatvash agents, he finds this pendant that I'd sort of forgotten about. But it's a, it's an emergency beacon, beacon yeah. for someone
0: who can maybe help them. So beacon gets activated, and I guess we. And learn that's him, all we see, in the, and then the, the It's episode. such a
3: heavily serialized, yeah. like it's just a, an actual series is Picard. Uh, so, the main plot now comes to a head cool. in the ready room, Pizza, essentially. Pizza has been prepared. There's a, uh, candles on the table. Oh, it's so lovely. This lovely lamp overhead. Get two slices. Deanna asks for
0: just the one. Yeah. One, one will uh, do And there's a little bit of talk about, like, okay, what if the ship doesn't show up? And how are we, we going to... That's when the captain gets mentioned.
1: <laughs> well, there's Captain Crandall.
4: He's been everywhere from Kronos to Tychon's Rift. So
0: he says.
4: And he has a ship. Inside Straight.
3: What a dope name. If your name is Rupert Randall.
0: No, 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 Crand- Crandall. Oh, we've been Crandall, saying the wrong yes. this whole time. What's it called again? Oh, I don't know. The inside straight is correct. Yeah. You know what an inside straight is, right? It's a, it's a poker term.
3: Oh, yes. But so it's a straight, which I is...
0: It, I think it's like that uh, like you have four cards which make up a straight and that the fifth card is missing, but it's not on at the ends. It's like the middle card. is One of the middle cards is missing.
1: Oh, interesting. I think it's called an inside straight. Is that correct, Chief? That makes about as much sense as any of the poker articles that I've been reading about this, trying to find this out. The main thing to notice with an inside straight is it is a long shot and it is not nearly as valuable as an open hand straight because it's about half as likely to happen as that. So they're even kind of a nod in the name. It is a long shot to use Robert Crandall or Rupert Crandall.
0: And, like, the idea behind that is, that is that it's much less likely that you can draw on an inside straight because you only have one card, that can, whereas if you have, like, four successive cards, four, uh, yeah, you can, yeah, you can have one card on either end matching, so you can chance start twice as high of actually making a
3: straight like An likewise. outside straight, as in an incomplete... Right, okay, I yeah. get it
1: now. Yeah, what Kay said makes a lot more sense than anything that I was reading. So, thank you, Kay. Because
3: Soji decides at this table to come clean because Picard...
2: When I met your sister... She had just been activated by the Romulans' first attempt on her life. Until then, like you, she believed she was human.
3: He even appeals to her as an android.
2: Listen to the timbre of my voice. Feel the fluctuations of my heart rate. Note the dilation of my pupils. So, gee, you can trust me.
0: Yeah. Which is essentially
2: what, she's,
3: what he's telling her to do. Yes, which which is not something that she's aware that she can do. Like yeah. nobody's told her that before. But her response is pretty cool too, because she says like,
4: "I know he thinks he isn't lying, but that doesn't mean I believe him."
3: And then Deanna and Will are there. Like, oh, yeah. we know him in, in a way. Like, we're providing quorum essentially. Yeah,
0: and then and then it comes to the point. Like, okay, she goes like, "Why would you do this to me?" And like, well, because you were created from a part of data and. And we served with Data, and he was our friend. Very
3: dear friend. Yeah, and you're
0: you're essentially his daughter, so we're doing this for you because, yeah, yeah, that's what we would do for our friend.
3: And then Picard says, but more importantly, it's because you need me to. Uh, Right? He's he's being quite honest about his Messiah complex. Somebody needs his help, he needs to help them. (laughs) Yeah. And also he needs to feel useful.
2: Before your sister came to me, I was haunted by my past, marking time, wasting my life. But now I'm alive and I have a mission. It's interesting
3: that you mentioned Firefly about La Sirena because I saw an interview with, with Joss Whedon. About the sort of narrative construction, why Firefly was such an ensemble show, because there's like nine regular characters. Yeah, and like he he described it when he was writing these characters, the the eight crew members of the, the the Serenity are for Captain Malcolm Reynolds. They represent parts of him that he's lost, and that's why he wants them around.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. That's... And I think that's
3: that's kind of true for for Picard and the and the crew of the Sirena as well. Like they're he's surrounded uh. by aspects of himself that he needs to learn to reconnect with, yeah. you know, the brash adventurousness, the, the, the suspicion and insight and paranoia of I mean, respectively Rios and, uh, and, and Raffi, yeah. the wide-eyed scientific curiosity of, of Agnes, the, the, the naive courage of Elnor. Yeah. These are the things that he needs. And now also Soji, who just cares about something.
0: While they are discussing the planet of the two red moons and oh, yes. figuring out how they are going to get there, the daughter is meanwhile texting the captain. Like she's on the table. The, she's got she's, a phone under the table. Yes. It's so it's cool.
3: Like a, <laughs> even in
0: the 21st century, teenagers will be teenagers. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, it's that planet. Actually, teenage being
3: teenage is also a really good like plot point because that's something that Riker really relates to Picard about his relationship with Soji. She's essentially an adolescent, like however yeah. you determine that yeah, okay, yeah. in terms of in terms of age, and you don't know what you're in for. Like that's not something that you've ever really interacted with. I have, right? Uh, I think Thaddeus was 11 or 12 at the at the time of his death, and Kestra, I think she's like 14, 15
0: at this point. Yeah, she's yeah. a little bit older than. Yeah, because it mentioned that Thaddeus would have been 18 now if he'd lived.
3: But what an amazing like set of lessons to learn. Because at the end of this dinner, like Rios even, even checks in, everything that they need is available to them to continue their adventure. Yeah. And, and they're just yeah, like an inch further than they were when they arrived. This whole episode. But there's just... been a
0: massive amounts of character development, yeah.
3: Yeah. Which couldn't have happened under pressure.
0: No, absolutely. It needed peace and quiet with this planet, which we get to see off a little bit more mm. when Picard and Riker are walking and talking through the forest on the way to... Yeah, they're drinking their morning coffee. Uh, uh, Walking out to the deck overlooking the pond. And so, yeah, I, I, I love this bit. It's like where Riker asks Picard about his crew. So, what do they like, this new
2: crew of yours?
0: Well, I would have to
2: say they are decidedly motley. There's been nothing but drama since we
0: left Earth orbit. And I'm told it's been continuing since I saw them last. This ties in perfectly with my theory that, like everybody in Starfleet, is an overachiever, and like their only personality is their job.
3: Oh, you know? absolutely, <laughs> yes. absolutely, because they just pump seventy-five percent workahol into the atmosphere. It's yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> like you only get into Starfleet if you're an overachiever. So, yeah, or Reg Barclay, right? I never, yes, never understood how he got in, but well, if you... also quite the uh, the yeah. overachiever in right. uh, in many you'd, ways. you think that, like the psychology uh, would, uh, department would have weirded him out. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently, or at they, least like kept him on Earth, you know, not like on the flagship.
3: Yes, out of extremely stimulating, high pressure <laughs> environments, but yeah. So they're ready to go, and this this conversation between Riker and and Picard, like it's so emotional. You know, no one would blame you if you wanted to just sit out your, tar- your retirement yeah. and let somebody else take over for a change.
2: I mean, nobody but me. That is, I never thought you had any business retiring in the first place.
3: Which is that sort of acknowledgement of each other's flaws. Yeah. right. It would be reasonable for someone to recognize their age and move into a different phase of their life and try to like elevate others and teach the way that he's being as a parent. But I know that that's not for you. Yeah. You're not that. You are a broken, flawed person. Be who you are. And just celebrating that from their friends. So I describe this as a difficult episode
0: because there's nothing to redeem. Right, like, I see what you mean. I mean, it's easy to love. I'd say that's why I wouldn't call it difficult. Exactly. Yeah, which well, has not been our mission statement.
3: Like we usually take the ones that are difficult to love true. and love them
0: anyway. Well, okay. Hang on. There's one more scene between the ladies where basically, yes, Kestra is encouraging Soji. Uh, Soji, thank you, to basically accept, you know, Picard as her family.
4: You don't have a mom and a dad. You have Captain Picard. I don't have Picard. But you
3: could. And that's such a such a wonderful bit of advice. Like, if you wanted him in your life, you could have that. Yeah. And as someone who's experienced loss, like, she 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 describes that as well. Like, you know, bad stuff happened to me as well. And I got through it because I had my mom and dad. Yeah. And we had each other. And, you, and, and if you have someone... Can, then yeah, you,
0: and he can be there for you and you can be there for him. And, yeah, that's basically like an adoption, I guess. Like, Picard adopting Data's kid.
3: Yeah, and see, adopting yeah. one but, another but and... Yeah. Uh, oh w- did you see the the three-way hug yes and and kissing will on the cheek in the in the french
0: style yeah. and diana as well diana back to her uh starfleet blues Not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess
3: uh, i guess that's true kestra gives uh gives soji a compass broken
0: compass you just have to pretend that it works I like it yeah that's
3: really good advice yeah
0: uh, and yeah, two to beam out, and like, and then you always get the. I always was still waiting for the time where they make the joke and that, like, they beam the wrong two people out because, like, I know they, they never ask, you know, which two. It's like there's like <laughs> there's like five people here. We're all intermingled. How do we know which are the ones who are coming? <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird way to describe it. But I guess that's the uh, the fate of transporter chiefs, and I guess that's the same kind of. Uh, problems that we throw at our chief. And like, we just like, thank you, thank you Greg. We love you. <laughs> you know, I developed a little bit of headcanon
3: recently uh-huh. as a discussion with one of the Star Trek communities that Lauren Rivers, who recommended this episode, is also a member of. Yeah. And it was about like Miles O'Brien. The idea that like people get saved by the transporter at the last minute a lot. Yeah, And the idea is that this is absolutely unique to the Enterprise and that Miles O'Brien is just a miracle work and no one on the enterprise knows it. They think that That's just how it works. That transporters <laughs> can just do this. Okay, and yeah. then when incidents get a rotation off the enterprise and they're confronted with just huge mortality, and like, no, transporters can't do that. Yeah.
0: How how would you be able to you have to like juggle 14 different
3: variables at the same time? And <laughs> Yeah. And then they come back. This was the darker side of the, the fan for sort of headcanon about Miles O'Brien. Then they go, How do you do it? Well, if you notice that they're going to die before they arrive, then you just divert the stream and you replicate a new one. You use the old <laughs> buffer. You just make a quick little clone. Keep them unconscious so you can, like, do uh, a little memory diff. Wow. They don't know. They never yeah. scan whether it's a clone. It's fine. <laughs> wow. It's little secret of transporter engineering. <laughs> Two-thirds of Starfleet is just that's, dead and clones. Basi- they don't know it.
0: That's basically uh, goes to the uh, prestige. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: Okay, well, on that bit of darkness, there we are with uh, Picard 107. Like, I think I named this segment last week, and I've already forgotten about it. Basically. Something nonsensical, like Pike's Brief. Chief, what was it called?
0: You're doubting yourself a lot here. It was just Pike's Brief. You're good. It'll have to go f- to the emergency medical holographic doctors, ah, like, where it's like, bloody please hell. state the nature of the... Oh, bloody hell.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> uh, that's
3: a really that's good one. the only
0: one. Uh-
3: Missing scene? Oh, yes, yes. The imaginary deleted scenes. Imaginary Ooh, deleted That's, a, scenes, that's yes. a fun one. Well, that sort of ties in together. I think they're talking about these Artur and Basil and these. Right. Beasts. Yeah. What if they're animal plants and capable of moving? And like this one wasn't as dead as the other ones. Uh-oh. And so it actually tried to wander off the pizza. Kind of like triffids.
0: Yes, yes. Save uh, the flowers, onto... give her a triffid. <laughs> Jeepers. Jeepers, <laughs> creepers. Okay, in that case, I would like to have a deleted scene where we are having the uh, the pilot of the snakehead who is just like sitting there uh, in his ship like messing around oh, bloody hell where do they go like have to stop again, like do another rescan sweep to get back into range of the please. tracking device and just... please just go to the planet. these ships don't have toilets <laughs> 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 wow I mean, you have a reverse replicator for that, I guess reverse replicator is a troubling concept. <laughs> It's, I think, yeah, the Romulans have those. It's called a
3: disruptor. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, Kay, I'm leaving Starfleet. Okay.
0: Engage. Jam it. It's energized. Oh, energized. it's the other one. Energized. Sorry. <laughs> energized. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode with your friends, Kay and Cocky, production and editing by your chief engineer, Greg, and music by Fox Moore. As a special treat, you're about to hear an excerpt from our first monthly bonus episode for our Patreon supporters. So I've briefly solved the temporal distortions on my comlink, and our friends Kay and Cocky are watching the episodes together. So you'll have the opportunity to hear us talking as a live commentary track for Threshold from Star Trek Voyager, while Kay's new kitten periodically attacks Cocky, as kittens are wont to do. Supporting us at patreon.com slash trek with a few bucks a month will help your friends at the Joy of Trek find the sunshine in every shuttle crash and gets you full-length bonus episodes like this every single month. Enjoy. We're, we're just uh, fade into a conversation that I was already having, like happening as the episode is starting. And it's just like... Oh, yes. <laughs> And then have a very natural moment where you go,
3: ah, ha, ha ha Anyway, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> oh, he does get his kiss. Get oh, his we kiss. didn't remark on that in the episode.
1: No, he's already dead, though. So, when you're having a conversation about, like, why don't you put them in a morgue or anything like that? Like, yes. my, 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 my initial thought was, like, oh, well, like, they just kept the forest field on, you could keep it, like, in a. Whatever Good point. environment. Yeah. but no, they clearly didn't decorate the forest field. So my idea is just,
3: <laughs> yeah, no, gone. that would be great. Like you and put him in a vacuum. But this, oh, this yeah. shot is the one that I still like. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why is he sitting there typing on his keyboard? He could like instantly in input this data because he is a computer. you are software. <laughs> you are the software. It's like there's no need for you to sit behind this.
3: <laughs> oh, unless he's essentially Sisyphus.
0: <laughs> oh, I suppose he probably feels like that. Yeah, no, good point. He, he would like definitely
1: that. claim that. He's writing his fan fiction.
0: Is, isn't there an episode about like him basically complaining about the fact that he's been, or it becoming a problem that he's been turned on for so long now that he was oh, only, yeah. he was only yes. meant to be yes. an emergency uh, a a very stop good gap episode. measure? Yeah.
3: And there is also an episode where he writes fan fiction, essentially, okay. of, of the Voyager. Yeah, the Starship Voyeur or Vortex, whichever <laughs> one it was. Oh, he's going oh. full brumblefly now. <laughs> oh, here, look—he's going to do the little. Yeah, he's doing oh, yes. the thing with
0: his with his fingers. But I guess this is just like them trying to like throw in a little bit of uh, over, continuity continuity yeah. over episode.
3: Because that worked really well for Voyager, right? Little little smatterings of, of long term plot, but
0: who's, still this? Quite episodic. who's this actor? Do we know him from other things? I've seen him
3: screaming in pain in something.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, he I looks to... he looks like he needs to be killed in some sort of teen slasher film,
1: right? That sort of thing. You have that with Leland yeah, Horser as well. It's—it's it's, it's not Brad Dorf because because Brad Dorf is in here but from a uh, Greed Worm Tongue and like yeah, yeah. the the murder from Chucky. Oh, and a
3: murderer here. Spoilers. Um, in, in, in Voyager, He's a, he, he had a very troubled baby for, like,
1: a third-year-old show, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: I swear. I've seen him, like, being beaten up or tortured in some action <laughs> show. I want to say, like, maybe 24 or or Nikita. Nikita would have made sense. You know, this was season two, so, like, 97.
1: You know, the, the yeah, Canadian, I, I guess La Femme, he, Nikita. I, I guess he didn't have, cherche like... Cherchez
0: La
3: Femme, Cherchez La Femme. Don't let me.
1: <laughs> don't let me See, while you're having this conversation, I'm just looking at the makeup and trying to figure out exactly how they did like the flaky stuff because that's. <laughs> oh what's yeah, good there. point.
0: If you look at his head, it almost looks like it's breathing at some point. That like the side of his head is like kind of like pulsing. Or... Oh wow, there was something weird going on there.
3: Maybe it's because of the way Here, the there. the prosthetic is glued to his head when he when he turns
1: that it sort of warps a little because be, it's yeah. very big.
3: He- Maybe he's flexing, I, he's flexing his
0: hair. I think i Flexing his hair. Okay,
1: yeah. I swear I'm seeing it. Either I'm seeing it or, like, Kay's making me think that I'm seeing <laughs> no, it. No, no, you, t- you can definitely
0: tell. You can definitely see that it's. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, this, I mean,
3: this has legs. This is totally a different dimension than, like, us, us reviewing it because we're seeing shit that we, that we normally. Ah, pardon me for swearing.
0: You can see it happening there. That, that, that,
3: that oh, patchy, I see it now. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. the pulsing and contraction.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> that <laughs> smile. <laughs> <laughs> my, what have yeah. you been
0: doing with your life? I've been coughing up my tongue. Do you think anybody... Anybody? Finish. Just, Finish your sentences. I'm just trying to decide Finish whether I... Sentences.
3: Okay, no editing. Um, if this is not an appropriate question, just move on and pretend it hasn't been asked. <laughs> Do you think anybody ever jerked it on the set of Star Trek Voyager? Oh. Oof. Probably probably not long I after mean you, you, you no, exactly you, exactly but just on the on the sly or swaffled something <laughs>
1: do you know about like the guy that like he and his friend broke into the set of uh, next generation and they kind of like what? broke one of the props oh yeah they oh. broke one of the props and like recorded like a 20 minute like video of them just like jerking it kind so- of uncomfortable right. the carpets. Oh,
0: because it's like see Craig's eyes moving around, like going like, oh, am I going to answer this or not? What am I going to say? It's like, <laughs> we're we're defining the tone of bonus
3: college. Like, Can you hear the sort of people going, hmm, I wonder how you unsubscribe from Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> or I wonder if there's another episode that I can enjoy. Look, this fight scene that happens entirely on screen. Oh, yeah, And yes. then yelling. And then there's a phaser beam, of- phaser beam, phaser beam, phaser beam. And then a chair... <laughs> See,
1: that- and that was a sample of our first monthly bonus episode, talking about Star Trek Voyager Threshold. Join us next time for the animated series episode 107, The Infinite Vulcan. Visit joyoftrek.com/links to send us your recommendations. Support us on Patreon or find us on Blue Sky, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Joy of Trek and we'll see you out there.